Hello everyone, welcome to the Nielsen Show. I uh, wasn't planning on doing a podcast today, but there's a kind of an extension from yesterday that I feel like I want to get off my chest, I guess. Uh, it's about COVID and what is going to be the real cost for America in the end of this. And these are numbers we probably won't find out for years to come, you know, on the, the after-secondary effects of the lockdowns, the mask wearing, uh, whatever else you want to add to that. I mean, not to mention just the financial cost to individuals, to the government, which is, again, to the individuals, because everything they're spending towards this I think could have been avoided by keeping the economy open. You know, given guidelines, given the American people the benefit of the doubt that we're smart enough to take our health care into our own hands for the most part, what we deem to be dangerous and what we don't deem to be dangerous. I mean, we already have plenty of things we do that we make decisions on every day that we base on how dangerous it might be, you know, and our overall health of what it could cause and a numerous amount of causes of that. So today we have now surpassed the 300,000 threshold of deaths, December 17th, 2020. We have confirmed cases of 17,017,946. That was as of this morning. Uh, deaths have reached 310,253 and recovered are 7,718,143. Now, I don't know about you, but if we've had 17 million cases, 310,000 deaths, and somewhere in the data is a breakdown because we only show 7 million, oh, 7.7 million that have recovered I don't know if that's just there's not follow-up with certain patients that that data doesn't get collected or exactly where that puts us. But, I mean, that's an easy 10 million discrepancy there, a little over 10 million. And I think the problem with these numbers is there's no transparency between who died from COVID and who died with COVID. And then, like I say, you know, I mean, all these numbers realistically are only as good as the data that's getting put in for them. And, you know, a lot of that, I think, started right off the get-go when the government said, hey, you know, we don't, nobody really knew kind of what this was going to do. Uh, we had, you know, just massive death numbers coming in from Europe and everywhere else that it spread first. But nobody's factoring in age groups, you know, different lifestyles, all kinds of other things I think that could go into this number that contributed to a lot of the deaths in other places. You know, and it seems like now the the numbers we see and the data that we've been collecting, you know, up to this point, it seems like it's been hitting more or less people over 70 years old that it's it's killed the most of. I mean, it seems really really low percentage underneath that. You know, the percentages get a lot higher if you're under that age group of survival. And I went over those numbers in the last podcast. But 
we have uh, the CDC director, so let's get back to the money part of this. He even acknowledged, you know, from a Washington Examiner column that I was reading, and this was from August 1st, you know, so we've had some months in between that, but he even admitted or acknowledged that hospitals have a monetary incentive to overcount coronavirus deaths. So where does this put us as far as getting... Like I said, the transparency between who died from and who died with COVID. And, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of people are going to be honest about it and, you know, write it down. Hey, they died from this, but they had COVID, so they had, they died with COVID, you know. But how that gets counted again on the second part of that, who knows. But either way, that's only a small part of how COVID has affected our nation just this year, you know, since it came in earlier this year. You know, we've got suicide rates have gone up this year. I mean, they've been trending upward anyways, but this kind of was an extra nail in the coffin, I guess you could say, in a roundabout way. Uh, child abuse has gone up, and that's kind of a, a no-brainer. They deemed uh, liquor stores essential. We've consumed record amounts of alcohol this year. Uh, drug use has gone up. So, you know, you start adding a lot of those things up. You know, schools that have been locked down, so you got parents that aren't bringing in any money, possibly drinking a lot more starting to use drugs, you know, trying to drown away these problems that weren't caused by by them necessarily. And that's where you, I think you start, you know, getting all that dynamic coming together and the stresses of it that's going to cause the child abuse to go up. And we've got a lot of governors, mayors, shutting down businesses and determining who was an essential business and who they decided they could bully around. And we've seen, you know, some of the, uh, luckily, backlash of some of these people getting caught in their own hypocrisy, you know, not wearing face masks at birthday parties, uh, going out to get their hair done, other ridiculous things such as that, you know, but telling these salons they can't be open, telling these restaurants they can't be open, and even after half of them, or a lot, you know, maybe not half, but a lot of them had gone the extra mile to social distance tables, a lot of them built outside dining, uh, you know, and just overall the government telling businesses in general that, hey, we believe these companies over here they're essential but you're not and then going and having a you know the salon opener opened her or one of their people opened the salon to do nancy pelosi's hair when and you know and the bad thing about this is is we let these politicians get away with lying to us all the time and there's never really much repercussion for it but, you know, we if we turn around and lie to them, then we're going to jail because it's it's now a crime. It's not just, oh, well, it's just politics. It's an actual crime that for some reason certain people get away with. So 
So as of a September 8th column in Fortune magazine, nearly 100,000 establishments that temporarily shut down due to the pandemic are now out of business. And that was in September. I mean, it's probably way more than that now. And the, a lot of the people that are still struggling to hang on aren't sure if they're going to make it till the end of the year. And anybody that's owned a small business understands the stresses that come with running your own small business. Whether you have employees or don't have employees, there's a lot that goes into keeping money coming in. And unless you've owned a small business or know kind of the ins and outs of a small business especially, there's a lot of stress that goes with, you know, the whole process of whatever your business is that I think a lot of people overlook and just think, oh, yeah, this this person, you know, they get to go on vacations and stuff all the time and they have nice vehicles, nice homes, whatever that might come along with it. But I've never seen the hardships that a lot of these places have had too. And then, you know, right now we're, we especially see a crunch for whatever reason on the restaurant industry everywhere. And I'm glad to start seeing a lot of these gym owners and these restaurants actually standing up and saying, no, I'm tired of it. I've put my heart, my soul, everything I've got into my business and I'm, I've had enough of it. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't, I don't believe that the, the numbers are affecting what I'm doing with my business. We'll still, you know, do whatever we can to be safe about this virus, but we're we're done. We got to make money. You guys aren't paying us any money to force us to shut down. And I don't blame them. I'm I'm glad they're actually doing it. We actually need more people to start doing that until we get some sense back into these supposed elected officials and their decision making. I mean, and even if it comes down to everybody rallying rallying together and recalling people, getting somebody else in there that has half a brain cell in there that can start figuring out, you know, especially this time of year, we've we've been masking up more and more. But the problem is when the weather gets colder, you get more condensation. So if you're outside or in any area where it's cold, your breath is going to condensate. It's not going to be able to dry up in your mask as, as quickly. So here you now have, you know, this virus, I think if it's as aerosol as they say it is, you know, and it's anything like the flu, it, I don't care if you wear a mask or not. If you're going to catch the flu, you're going to catch the flu. That's just how it goes, you know, especially if you don't have a very good immune system, you probably catch it every year. Who knows? Or maybe you go get a flu shot every year to help because you do catch it every year. And like I say, I've watched... Plenty of graphs that are showing, you know, through the summer we had our certain places that spiked, and that could be just due to social distancing and whatever not happening. But we have now coming into the winter, more people are wearing masks, you know, because they had seen these spikes pre-winter, and now they're going through the roof. But more people are wearing masks, and I think all that we've done is we've, the the governments have scared people into Wearing these masks when I think in secondary it's actually harming more people because now you're keeping more of that moisture and that condensation right there in front of your face. 
that breathing after that, it's going to collect those particles that are going to be breathed into your lungs after that or up into your nasal passage, you know, where it seems like that's where they take the testing from is out of your nose. So where all them, you know, you already got a natural filter there anyway, so it's going to conglomerate all that stuff right there in your nostrils. So I had an ex, uh, an interesting article here about mask wearing, actually. I think it was from the New York Post here. Let's see. Okay, so we have Dr. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try. But especially talking about used masks. And they're saying wearing a used mask could be more dangerous than not wearing one at all when it comes to warding off COVID-19, a new study has found. And this is this is a recent uh, column from yesterday. And then a new three-layer surgical mask is 65% efficient in filtering particles in the air, but when used, that number drops to 25%, according to the study published Tuesday in the Physics of Fluids. And then the researchers from the University of Massachusetts Lowell and California Baptist University say that masks slow down airflow, making people more susceptible to breathing in particles. And a dirty face mask can't effectively filter out the tiniest of droplets. And below that is kind of a, a preserp of them saying that, you know, it's kind of natural to think that wearing a mask, no matter new or old, should be better than nothing. Well, then that kind of goes back to, you know, if you've got it on and it's dirty and it's like a Petri dish basically at that point and it's it's growing these germs <laughs> on your face mask and then you're putting it on and off all the time and adding to it. So I could see exactly why wearing more masks now is probably causing more of these cases than what it's preventing. And it shows, their results show that this belief is only true for particles larger than 5 micrometers. And that's on used masks. That that's kind of what they're filtering still at that point. But they're not filtering fine particles smaller than 2.5 micrometers. So, and even at that, you're still only filtering so much, you know. I mean, the really super fine particles, you're still breathing through. So that's that's what I see on masks, and I bet we'll find out more on those as more information you know, gets inputted into the system. More people are actually going to study what the mask may or may not doing. But I think just from looking at the trends coming into winter and everybody's wearing masks now, or at least more and more people are. I know I have to wear them to go into the, any stores here in Utah. They've still got their restrictions on mandatory masks because they had spike in cases. And that's kind of what they have been basing it on is more cases than deaths. The deaths have fairly well stayed pretty close. I mean, you've had a little uptick in them, but they haven't, like, jumped out where it's like, whoa. It would make me look at it and go, okay, something's happening to where more people are dying from this. It, it's a lot more serious than it's been all year. But it hasn't really got to that point, so they're just still basing it off cases. But the cases are going up while more people are wearing masks. Seems to me like we're going in the wrong direction. And like I say, a lot of these numbers, you know, it's going to be years. You know, even now we've got a vaccine coming out. 
uh, they're going to go to the most susceptible people, you know, frontline workers, elderly care centers, you know, places like that, or the elderly in general. But realistically, what is that going to do? I mean, they're already saying, oh, you know, we're going to have to deal with this forever now. And, you know, they possibly are probably right. You know, is, is it going to be a different strain? Is the strain changing? You know, are they morphine or whatever, you know? Kind of like a lot of things, things adapt to their environments to survive. And it's probably not realistically any different than cold virus or the flu virus or any, you know, COVID now, possibly. I mean, at this point, I don't think we really know. Um, so with the vaccine as well, uh, there was a story from Fox News about a, a Houston Houston doctor is saying half of his nurses in his unit don't want COVID vaccine for political reasons. And, I mean, if that's their reasonings, I don't see why there's any reason to force anybody to take a vaccine personally. I mean, yeah, it has its, they have their benefits, but it kind of just goes back. I mean, more, I'm more of a personal freedom lover myself. But they say they don't want it, calling it a political toy. Which, I mean, this year, especially with an election, this COVID thing has been nothing but a gift to most politicians that have been able to get their ways, you know. And it's really sad that we've gotten to that point in this country that everything pretty much has gotten political. Um, To carry on with that article, uh, the doctor's name is Joseph Barron. He was also quoted saying, my primary concern is that, again, they think the vaccine is going to fix it and it's going to fix it fast. No, the vaccine will work, but it's going to take time. It's going to be months and more months and probably even years before everybody gets vaccinated. And then we will have control over this pandemic. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds a little bit political to me that that guy saying oh it's going to be years before we get enough people vaccinated to have control over this pandemic unless this thing's just never going away and it just keeps rolling around uh yeah i don't see where a vaccine's really gonna change anything from that point i mean a vaccine's only good what what here's the definition for a vaccine from wikipedia so take that how you want A vaccine is a biological preparation that provides active acquired immunity to a particular infectious disease. A vaccine typically contains an agent that resembles a disease-causing microorganism and is often made from weakened or killed forms of the microbe, its toxins, or one of its surface proteins. The agent stimulates the body's immune system to recognize the agent as a threat, destroy it, and to further recognize and destroy any of the microorganisms associated with that agent that it may encounter in the future. Now, what I'm thinking is, is okay, yeah, the vaccine might help that, but if you've got a good immune system, will that not do the same thing? If you catch it, recoverability is super high, your body does what your immune system's supposed to do, and it builds up the antibodies to it, and it attacks it, kills it, and your body moves on. You know, everybody moves on. 
So that kind of goes back to where does herd immunity kind of come into this scenario? Because a vaccine, in my opinion, is basically should be used for people that have either not good immune systems or are elderly and, you know, your your whole body system's not working like it should. And, I mean, we don't even know the ramifications of the vaccine yet either. I mean, it, who knows? It might have massive side effects when it's all said and done, but it's, but, oh, well, it was, you know, this, the, here's the excuse we're going to get. Oh, well, it's still better than, you know, what we had with the COVID. Well, we don't really know those numbers yet. Like I say, all these all these things are going to be down the pipeline in years to come if anybody even wants to address it again. As far as, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people that are going to start adding these numbers up and figuring it out. But, you know, I don't know. It's definitely uh, the side effects of shutting down our economy, I think, are going to be the, the most devastating ones. I mean, right now you got the government still telling people... They can or can't have their businesses open while other ones stay open. I think that's the most frustrating part about this is the government should not be telling anybody that they have to shut down their businesses. Unless you're going to do it all the way across the board, shut everything down, do your two-week whatever, and this, this should have been kind of handled, right? I mean, that's what they were telling us. But obviously that's not been working out. You know, people have been without money all summer long, all the benefits have dried up. That first stimulus package was a bunch of BS. I mean, whoop de doo you know, if you were on the tax records, you got a $1,200 check. But, you know, we turned around and used it for stuff on our yard, uh, you know, so give it back to businesses anyways. Um, but either way, $1,200 these days doesn't go very far. And the farther and farther our country keeps going into debt, uh, the less and less our dollar's worth around the world. So the ramifications, like I say, of this are going to be a lot worse down the road before we're going to start getting more and more people saying, you know what, this was worth shutting our country down, putting all these businesses out of business. Because, I mean, where does the government get its money from? From taxes. The government doesn't create jobs unless it's a bureaucracy in somewhere in there you know that's that's where government creates jobs it doesn't really create business you know because they can hire you know people for here or there but they're not they don't tax themselves you might pay income tax but the entities themselves are exempt from paying taxes for the most part so all these small businesses going out of business, our employees that are getting laid off and not making paycheck, all this is tax revenue that the government is not collecting. And what's even more frustrating about that is guess who hasn't gone without getting their paycheck? You guessed it. Your government officials. <laughs> these people that are supposed to represent the people. So... I don't know where we're all what we're all going to do about 
I mean, we're almost 2021, and I mean, everybody's saying, oh, let's just get 2020 over with. Well, I'm sorry to report that I don't think 2021 is going to be any better, if possibly not worse, because like I say, a lot of these ramifications are going to come folding over into 2021 and probably not looking really great for anybody. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure there's going to be more layoffs. There's going to be, you know, I think it's going to start creating a bubble. How many people have lost their homes this year due to foreclosure, even though the government said they were going to put a hold on all this stuff? Credit card debt, student loans. I mean, everything that makes a capitalist society revolve is basically going to implode. Is how I see it anyways. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But I just don't see at this point how we pull out of this with businesses, you know, especially small businesses where, you know, we know that they're the backbone of America. It's not these corporations that took a bunch of this TARP or whatever it was, the PPP money in that first stimulus that, you know, Everybody else got 1200 bucks. Some of these corporations and stuff got millions you know, to keep people on the payroll, but their businesses were still open. You know, you got Amazon and a bunch of those online businesses already that were making millions of dollars profit because people were staying home, ordering stuff online instead of going to stores, you know, trying to be good stewards to try and put a curve on this pandemic and look at where we're at now. So that's kind of what I was trying to get off my chest today. Uh, back to it. This is it's almost Christmas. That's next week. Like I say I've been fortunate enough. Me and my wife have stayed working throughout this whole whole year. And if you know, if you are fortunate enough to be able to have extra money this year, and you're you're doing all right, you know, I I I kind of stress to look out into your community and find places that you can donate money you know I, there's a, so many people that are struggling right now uh i just want to say thanks to to anybody that had donated to my uh podcast building fund but i mean if i'm gonna keep it going for a little while i'll, I'll slowly get it built myself you know but it's just gonna take a little bit longer uh but if anybody can donate anything i would rather have people donate to other families that are in need versus me building a podcast like i say i I can make that happen it's just going to take a little bit longer to get everything put together to make it i don't know sound better you know sound quality doing this off my iphone so that's why it sounds like it's done in a basement oh wait <laughs> it is done in a basement Anyways, no, this just this time of year, you know, this is the this is the worst time of the year for most families, the most stressful anyways. So if you can definitely go and find, you know, they have uh angel trees. A lot of cities will have families they know are struggling and you can get information from them on being able to buy gifts or, you know, gift cards to places. Uh, a lot of your mom and pop stores, I mean if you can patronize them, that's just gonna help even more. Uh, I know a lot of places are trying to go cashless society, you know, but trying to say it's dirty money. They don't want to, they don't want to deal with the dirty cash, but 
cash really uh, helps out this time of year. You know, it can be dispersed a lot quicker and definitely helping some of these small businesses out as much as possible. If you eat out a lot, can go to these places. Anybody, especially these places that have been forced to close, if we can all go and stand up and, you know, put a voice out there, you know, if somebody wants to rat them out and call the police, but everybody stands up and they start seeing some resistance, most of these places are going to start backing off. And I think that's, as Americans, I think that's what we need to do is just start standing up to the nonsense. We can take the precautions where we need them. We're, we're smart enough as a society to make these decisions for ourselves. And let's get this thing tried to slow it down, slow down the destruction of our economy, and let's do what Americans do. We're going to get through this, but we all got to come together to do that. And if there's only one thing that we can come together on, let's uh, get this economy going back again. And that's kind of all I had to say today. Hopefully I didn't bore you too bad. And I kind of come off of my caffeine high from this morning, so I didn't get too excited today. But if you are enjoying the show, I guess right now the, the biggest thing you could do to help me keep these going is uh share these podcasts um subscribe and let's see uh where we are from here and i want to thank everybody for their help uh wherever you can put it and i'll try and get back to you as soon as i can have a good one